Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Hiker Podcast. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to the podcast that demystifies hiking, that gets to know the hiker behind the trekking pole, that asks the why questions of hiking, and wants to know how hiking has changed the hiker and how the hiker is changing the world around him. That's right. This is the Hiker Podcast. For all different ways, listen to the Hiker Podcast. Go to hikerpodcast.com for all the old episodes. All that fun stuff is there. Um, Also, I'm just going to mention this. We have started a Patreon and we already have some great Patreons on there supporting the show. We have some stinking new stickers that are Patreon only. So if you want to uh, help the show out that way, that would be great. Also, you can help the show out by uh, going to one of our sponsors. We have, of course, CS Instant Coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail. Seriously, just go to the link in the uh, in the description of this episode and uh, get you some and it helps out the show and they... Um, they, they do a lot of great work to make sure they're leaving, not leaving um, as much of a footprint on this earth as they're providing the caffeination for the trail. And I say this every week, they are the best tasting instant coffee on the trail. Of course, there is Canuck Outdoors, maker of the Visica water bottles. I mean, just gosh, those things. They're replacing the smart water bottles and the Vecto water bags. And of course, the carbon, fire, carbon fiber cork trekking poles i can't say enough good things about those trekking poles i put them through the ringer again this weekend and yeah they're just if if you want a pair of those trekking poles they are an investment but they will be the last pair you buy that's me saying this this isn't them this is me saying this. that's their hope but i i am confident that this will be the last pair of trekking poles i buy and uh, you get 10% off by just using uh, the coupon or promotion code Hiker Podcast, or just using the link in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I started this podcast as a way to get to know others in the hiking community, as a way to learn about hiking, being a new hiker myself. And I have not only learned so much, I've made some great friends through social media during this time where we can't really get together too much. And uh, if you want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at Andy Films and Hikes. Also go to hikerpodcast.com for all the different hiker podcast social medias. But if you want to get to me quickly, um, Andy at hiker podcasts um, on the email or just uh, at Andy Films and Hikes on Instagram. Um, yeah, that's really the best way to do it. I'm super excited about this week's episode. Um, someone who got connected through Instagram, Justice Wise, is on the show. She is a day hiker and backpacker who is returning after a short hiatus, which caused her just to miss it greatly. Um, she was a Girl Scout and just grew up loving it, and she's now getting ready to to hike the Colorado Trail, and she has some amazing insights. If you're just getting into backpacking and hiking and thinking about your first through hike, um, we just have an amazing conversation about that. So uh, I'm not going to go on too much this 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 time. Um, I'll leave that towards the end. But without any further ado, uh, my friend, hiker and backpacker, Justice Wise. So hikers, you get to know a lot of different people in this community. 
especially online, especially through COVID. I feel like I've been hiking alone for so long. But then you meet people from all over the country and the world who are also hiking along with you on their perspective trails where they're at and they're going on their adventures. And it's been really cool uh, as I've gotten a chance to, on Instagram, get to know our next hiker, Justice Wise. How are you doing today, Justice? I'm good. How are you, Andy? Doing well. So we, I think we first connected on, on Instagram and we have some common friends. I know Becca, Little Skittle, is a common friend of ours. Uh, she, Little Skittle just talks, you know, says the world about you, loves you to death. And when she found out you were coming on the show, she got giddy, which was awesome. So I love Little Skittle. She's been really cool to me and um, just really excited to have you on. Just tell us who you are, where you come from, uh, all the stuff that hikers just like to know. <laughs> so I am in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I was born and raised here, grew up here, was going to move away for graduate school to get a master's in music and decided to make like a huge life change. Um, I grew up like three miles from where I live now. Um, and I honestly, I love it here. Like I just can't imagine living somewhere else. There's something about how incredible and vast the desert is and you can just get lost in it. Um, both like actually and metaphorically. Um, and I live so close to a mountain that I just don't think I could ever live somewhere that's not right next to a mountain. Like I am five minutes from what we call Foothills Trails. So it's in like the bottom of the mountain. And like, I take my dog up there all the time. Um, and I'm like 30 minutes from what I call the backside of the Sandia Mountains, um, which is part of Cibola National Forest out here. And I grew up going to Girl Scout camp, started going when I was, I think I was like nine or 10. And that was when I really started hiking. Um, there were a few like hikes that I still remember. Like one of them took us to the, what we called the mystery tree. And so it was this pine tree that looked like it had arms. And then there was another one that took us to this Aspen Grove. And I got to actually watch, I think it was my third summer up at camp. Um, I got to watch some baby robins hatch in a nest and like that changed my life. And so there were just a couple of different hikes there that we would do every year. So those two we do every year when I went up and I would, I started going with my troop, like with my Girl Scout troop and then started going on my own and stayed in Girl Scouts just to go to camp um, all the way through middle school. And then in high school, I switched to going to a YMCA camp and doing their leadership stuff. And it was just on the other side of the Jemez mountains. So there's just like outside of Cuba, there's this Girl Scout camp and then outside of Hamas Springs, there's the YMCA camp where I went. And then I actually was a camp counselor there. And that was how I found backpacking was through Girl Scouts and then the YMCA camp. And like the longest trip I think I've done so far was like four or five days. And then we would do overnights every night, every week with the kids um, when I was a camp counselor. So I've been hiking since then. And then in college, kind of took like a year off my first year of college, just because music school got really, really busy. And then, um, my partner who I was with at the time, we started hiking a ton together and now it's just me and Rio out there. So. And Rio is your adorable dog who yes. everyone on Instagram loves. <laughs> yes. He is the adorable Husky shepherd and something else mix. He looks like he's really big, but he's really only like 53 pounds and he's just solid muscle. <laughs> I love your dogs. I grew up with a, a half Husky, half uh, German shepherd mix. So it's like, oh my God, it's so adorable. Now I have a half Australian shepherd, half German shepherd who reminds me. Of, I, I, just, I just love those kind of dogs. Anyway, so you're in the desert, which... 
yeah being, but it's being actually in, like not <laughs> it's 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 and people I, I like to dispel the the myth about people when they think about hiking in the desert i am in oregon it's very very green here but i grew up in i was born in phoenix arizona uh, spent some time in southern california but then did a lot of stuff um, in las vegas which beautiful hiking there i wish i would have gotten more into it when i was there and climbing there what is it about the desert that you find so beautiful because a lot of people when they think of the desert they just think of you know maybe a few cactus you know it's just flat brown just crappy looking but it's actually so the biodiversity and the beauty there is so amazing let's talk about what draws you to the desert in a place like new mexico so in New Mexico, you have like, I mean, I, where I live, I live in like the Rio Grande basin is kind of like where Albuquerque is. So it's kind of, we call it the bowl. And so the Rio Grande river runs straight through the city and I'm on the east side of town. So I'm really close to the Sandia mountains. And then on the west side, there are, um, what we call mesas. So there's plateaus, mesas and buttes, um, plateaus are like the tallest and there's mesas and then the buttes are really small. And so you can see those and there's petroglyphs out there. Um, so there's like a petroglyph national monument and stuff that's out on the West side. And so where I live, like, I mean, you can just look out and see, okay, there's all this greenery that goes through next to the river with the cottonwood trees. And then there's all this, you know, flat scrub brush, but we're also out in Albuquerque. We're a mile high. It's just kind of like Denver, but everybody thinks we're way lower in elevation, which is kind of funny to me. Um, but there's this beauty in watching that you do see the seasons change. Like we get all four seasons here. And so I've grown up with, okay, we have, we get snow, we have winter. Like we just had snow the other day here. Um, and then like we get those summer monsoon rains and we get beautiful spring and incredible fall. And like, there's uh, some mountains that I go to that are a couple hours South of Albuquerque where you get to see maples turn and you get to see the maple leaves, um, in the fall. And I mean, I haven't been like super into winter hiking until this year. And I finally just like pushed myself and got out there. And so now I'm hiking like all four seasons, which is fantastic. And I've never like had so much, found so much beauty in the silence outside of it before, because I'm usually racing to get out there before the trails get crowded. Like I'm the kind of person who's out there at five in the morning to avoid the crowds. So when everybody's getting there, I'm leaving. Um, and, uh, New Mexico is not even that crowded, but the desert is just, there's this beauty in watching what seems so dormant and is actually really alive. So it's Brown, but it's living. <laughs> yeah. And there's just, you get to like, I'll climb up to the crest of the Sandias and you're just, you know, going straight up and you get to the top and there's just this incredible feeling of looking out and it feels like you can see forever. And you can see why people would have thought that there was like the edge of the earth that you were going to fall off of. <laughs> because when you're out here, it's just, there's this massive expanse of land that you just, you can't quantify what it looks like. It's just incredibly beautiful. And I mean, it, it leaves you speechless in many ways. And so getting to see, you know, the cactuses bloom and you go mm. into the, and you get to see the aspens with, you know, golden leaves in the fall and then also new leaves coming in the spring and the smell of the pines when you get up to higher elevations. But then when you go south and like to Southern New Mexico, there's a whole other kind of beauty. I mean, you've got white sands, which is now a national park and 
you know, there's mountains down there. There's the Gila National Forest, the Gila Cliff Dwellings. I mean, there's so much beauty here. And then all of the native ruins. I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's just so much to explore. And so I think there's something about knowing that people congregate near water. And so you kind of find where life exists. And then there's also the, well, I can carry all my water out here and exist outside of yeah. being close to water. And there's something about knowing that survival and that strength in yourself, even just to what, how the desert challenges you and pushes you. So, so have you noticed, I, I, I think a lot of people who consider themselves three season hikers with, with COVID and everything going on, I've noticed there was a huge transition of people trying experienced hikers, trying snowshoeing for the first time, trying snow hiking for the first time. And I know for myself, like heading on the Pacific Crest trail, I get onto this part of the trail. Like I've been on this trail before this very section of the trail before, but it's not the same. Do you find hiking the same places like in the summer and then the winter there to be just a, a magic or difference there that you just can't experience any other way besides hiking it in the winter? Oh yeah, for sure. I've actually never been snowshoeing. So I just kind of use crampons and gaiters mm-hmm. and just, you know, go through and yep, I'm post holing it and I'm all over the snow and Rio's happy and jumping and thrilled. <laughs> but I mean, it's, yeah, there's definitely a beauty in how different it is. Like there's this one little loop that's a nice, like three and a half miles. And it's, it goes through a lower part of the backside of the Sandias. And I went out, I go out all the time in the summer and the evenings, and then to go out this year in the winter and just see how stupendous it is with snow and it's so quiet and it like, there's just, there's something so serene and peaceful. So shifting gears here a little bit, I I see on Instagram, you, you hike almost every day. I I feel like I'm looking like, man, she's on another trail. (laughs) Um, But it's just you and your dog. And I, I, there's, there is, oh, and I talk about this with a lot of women who come on the show. Cause I want, I want to help dispel the myth that, you need someone else to go hiking with what, how do you react to people who say, Oh, you shouldn't be on that trail by yourself or you need to, you need to take a firearm with you or you have mace, right. Or, you know, you need to take a man with you. Um, how do you react to, to people who bring those issues up to you like that? So I actually didn't really start hiking alone until kind of September, October of last year. Um, and it was just because of a lot of life changes in my personal life. And I had done some hiking alone, when I was a camp counselor, cause I like on my nights off, I would go and do a sunset hike by myself right near camp or something, but I just didn't do it in the same way. And so I started doing it a lot and my parents were really nervous at first. And I was like, guys, I've been doing this for a long time. Like I know how to hike and you know, they were really supportive and they've been really great about helping me, you know, like get what I need and just even just feel comfortable out there. But I mean, it took a lot of just strength in myself and like, yeah, I was looking over my shoulder a lot. And like, I, I had an encounter back in November where I drove up to the Sandia Crest because you can drive up and Rio and I hiked out a little ways to watch the sunset. And these two guys who were trail running were like, you know, oh, you don't look like you're warm enough and make sure you're not out here too late and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I've got a headlamp and a whole bag full of all of my normal like 10 essentials and everything that I take with me. And you got a water bottle in your hand. Please don't tell me what I'm doing. (laughs) And so, I mean, it happens all the time. And especially like I get a lot because I am 23. I only turned 24 next month. I get a lot. Oh, you're so young. 
And I'm like, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's just like, I had a great encounter. It's like Rio and I went out on Monday and I was talking to this guy and he was waiting for his wife to get up. And I mentioned that I was, you know, going to hike the Colorado trail this year and that I was doing all this on my own and just out training. Cause this trail was two miles straight up 1500 feet of elevation gain. And I was like, we're just out here and I'm just going to, you know, continue to keep like kind of training and keeping my body in shape. And he was like, it's amazing that you're out here alone. And I was like, I just am like, I just, I think that's the biggest thing is that everybody thinks it's so scary. And honestly, I'm more scared walking in my neighborhood than I am on a, alone on a trail with Rio. And so, I mean, that's the reality is I feel more like I'm in more danger on a city street than I do out in the mountains because you typically meet really great people out in the mountains and you have great conversations. And I just, I haven't had really, I've had a couple people that I've passed that have been like, you know, I, okay, I'm just going to keep my eye out or something but never have I felt really unsafe on a trail. And I mean, I've always got like my giant can of bear spray and I've got mm -hmm. um, pepper spray sometimes now with me that I'll take, but I mean, and I've taken self-defense classes. I've done all that stuff and I feel like I know what I'm doing in order to keep myself safe. But I just, I mean, I say, just go and try. It's not as scary as you think. <laughs> so. Which that's a, a great um, segue there is you're hiking the Colorado trail this summer. Talk about the de decision-making process that you came to, to decide to go ahead and, and get on this trail, do a through hike. Um, and this is your first through hike, right? Yeah, this is my first one. So what, what led you to that, to the Colorado trail specifically and, and the through hike specifically? So I had heard about the PCT when I was the Pacific Crest trail, when I was at Girl Scout camp, one of my camp counselors, I think she had, from, uh, like section hiked some of it or something in like Oregon or Washington, I think at one point. And these were women who I looked up to all the time. And I was like, you know, I want to do that someday. And so I had looked up kind of what it was and then it kind of faded out of my mind for a little bit. And then after the whole shift in like careers and I was really going outside and going to the mountains a lot with the, part, the person I was with at the time and just finding like, this is where I belong, like my feet on the trail, this is really what I want to do. Um, and then shifting into teaching. And now I have this wonderful balanced life. And so I was like, well, last year with the pandemic, I had somehow it had come up again. And one of my parents friends had recommended that I watch the movie wild. So I watched it. And then I ended up reading the book because another friend said, Hey, you've got to read this. And I was like, Okay, I'm going to read it. And so I read it in a week. And it was just like, mm somehow like maybe it's not the Pacific crest trail that I'm going to do first, because honestly I'm drawn to the continental divide trail first. Like that's my, that's like the one I really want to do. That's like my first big plan. And so that was then kind of how I got into the Colorado trail because I was like, okay, I want to start doing small sections because I love my job. I don't want to leave my job yet. Um, and so I'm kind of like, when can I take like extended leave, but still like have my job. And so it's unpaid, but as a teacher after like five or six years, you can take a certain extended period of unpaid leave, but still have a job when you come back, it may not be at the same school, but you can have that opportunity. And so I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. So I was doing a lot of research and then all of the stuff about the continental divide trail. And I was like, well, the Colorado trail, and I've done a lot of exploring Colorado and following a couple people um, on Instagram. And then that just opened up a whole other world <laughs> for me of just like finding my way of being involved in the hiking community that way. And so found the Colorado trail ordered the book. 
started doing a bunch of research. And then I was like, well, if it's safe enough, I'm going to do it in 2021. And then the vaccines looked like I wasn't like I was, I was getting scared, like I wasn't going to get it. And so I didn't want to like announce anything. So I've been talking to Becca about this a lot. Cause I was just like, I was just like, I don't like, I want to go, but I don't want to go if I don't have my vaccine. Like I really want to be safe. And so, um, just kind of waiting. And then I got my first vaccine appointment and I was like, okay, I'm doing it. So I've had my first vaccine for a little over a week now. I've got my second one scheduled for the end of the month. And I was like, I am making this happen. And so I've been ordering gear and kind of up, like updating everything. Cause a lot of my gear was, you know, eight to 10 years old from when I was at camp and a camp counselor and things mm-hmm. like that. And so none of it was like even remotely close to even moderate in weight. <laughs> I mean, and I didn't have a backpacking tent. Like I have a three person backpacking tent, but I don't, I don't want to take that on a hike. So it was just like doing all the research and reading and just finding that, you know, every day when I would go out, like, I mean, it is like almost every day cause I'll take Rio to the foothills or we'll go out to the Manzanitas or we'll go somewhere close to home. Um, and especially with the summer, like we're going to go all over New Mexico and just backpack together. And I've, this is gonna be my first time solo backpacking this summer too. And so it was just like, I think I'm ready to do a through hike. And, um, I just was like, okay, I think the Colorado trail is a great start. Cause I have the summer off July 1st is like their earliest, like go for it start date. And I'd go back to work on August 4th. And I know that I can do 20 plus miles a day because I've done the Sandia crest trail here, which is 27 miles. And I did that in a day a couple of years ago. And so I was like, well, I know I can do this. And so why not? Let's, let's go do it. <laughs> so, so what are your expectations? Not just as, as the hike, you know, you can watch the videos online, you can read the blogs, but what is your expectation for this hike for you personally on a mental, emotional, spiritual level? So I've been through a lot of changes. Like my self-perception really kind of went downhill in music school. There was always this expectation to be perfect. And I had had a lot of um, trouble with like perfectionism growing up as a kid. And so I always wanted to be perfect. Everything had to be just the right way. And then I really started to kind of deviate from that as I got into like my later years in high school and into college. And then kind of my junior year of college, I realized I really don't know if I want to do music anymore, but I still applied to grad school and I got in and then I was three hours away from signing a lease and moving into Minnesota. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to go and I'm going to be a teacher because that's what I wanted to do since I was a little girl. And it's going to give me this balanced life and I'm going to be outside. And so through all of that, I went, I'm like, I started going to therapy a little less than a year ago and just kind of talking through all of this. And, um, I lost my grandma a little over seven years ago and she was incredibly important to me, um, growing up. And so, you know, I've been processing kind of that grief that I hadn't processed for a while. And then I was in a relationship for almost four years and that ended recently, probably like, Oh, seven, eight months ago, I think something like that. And so that's been like a whole change in my life. And then it was just like, okay, there is me and I am on my own and I know I'm strong and I know I can do this. And I just want to continue to be me and love myself and like, like kind of 
continue to promote that strength in self. And so that was kind of where this whole inspiration too came from is that I want to be out there and just be me and be completely at peace. And that's where I like, I feel like I am the most me, if that makes sense. So what do you think it is about hiking in the outdoors that allows you to do that? And I know for myself personally, going, going to therapy and it was great that I go to therapy, but my therapist finally was like, you know, you need to go hiking. You need to get in the outdoors. That's going to do more good than I could. You know, when you're basically, the therapist is basically writing a prescription to go hiking. I went and I found such healing. What do you think it is about that for a, a lot of people's mental health that's so beneficial? There's no distractions. I mean, that's the thing that I absolutely love is there's no distractions from anything else outside. You're a lot of the time. I mean, I love going out of cell service. I absolutely love when I can't get messages. <laughs> um, and I love being able to hit that airplane mode on my phone because I'm out of cell service and I'm just in that place. And I think there's there's something about the quality of the air. I mean, there isn't that pollution. There isn't that, you know, fabricated way that we live. I mean, I love having my back door open. Like I love living in New Mexico because I can have the door open like three quarters of the year. And there's just like, for me being out in the woods and being out in the wilderness and however you want to phrase it, there's a freedom. There's no expectation to be a certain way. Nobody's looking at you and saying, you're not attractive enough. You're not strong enough. You're not mentally there enough. You're not smart enough. Like no matter what you are enough, because the trees aren't going to judge you. The trees are just going to make this space for you to feel safe. And I think that's something that I've really come to find is that I love stopping and hugging a tree on a trail and just like, especially the ponderosa pines and just like smelling how sweet they smell. And just, there's, there's a safety in it. There's, like I said, there's no expectation. You can just be you. And so I think that's why there's like this positive energy for mental health and healing in the outdoors, because there's no other person out there to judge you. And if somebody's out there judging you, then that's their problem. Mm. So as you're preparing, you're having to gather up all this gear. What has been some of the biggest challenges in deciding what gear to buy what gear works for you um you have all these influencers hiker celebrities um saying this is what i use this is what i use some are just straight saying you need to get this what, what, what's been some of the biggest challenges as you prepare for your hike gear wise i mean gear wise it was for me that i also like i'm doing the colorado trail on my own i'm not taking rio and that was a really hard decision um, just because I really want to do it with him. But I think that the Colorado trail is just asking a lot of him. Um, and especially in the time frame I'm hoping to do it. And so I think that was just for me, it was like, okay, so I started originally when I was planning this, that I was going to thinking that I was going to take him with me. And then I was like, okay, this is not going to happen. Like I can do a different trail with him. Like we can do a shorter one. So I'm kind of hoping like maybe next year to do the Tahoe rim trail with him because it's a little bit shorter and you know, there's, it's a little bit more manageable with resupply points to ship dog food and things like that. Um, and so that shifted my, uh, kind of my gear search because I had done so much reading about like what is, what works to take with dogs. And so 
I wanted to make sure that a lot of the gear that I got, I could also use with him. So even just backpacking. And so for me, it was like, how can I get as close to ultralight as possible? But it's also still comfortable because <laughs> I like to have a little bit of comfort. Um, I'm fine, like sacrificing some comfort. I don't think you have to have like the perfect, you know, cushy plush, everything out there. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I, one, I could use it with Rio backpacking. So it wasn't like just through hiking gear. And two, I wanted to have some comfort with, and I, I mean, I was okay with adding a little bit of weight. Um, and I also like haven't ever used trekking poles before. And so like, there's a lot of mm. things that I'm learning. So like I bought a pair of Canuck trekking poles yes. and <laughs> <laughs> well, I did so much research and I was like, okay, these are definitely the ones that I want and I love their mm -hmm. company. And so it was just like, that was, that was big to me. Um, because I wanted to support, support smaller businesses. So that's been a big part of it too. I mean, yes, I've gotten some gear at REI. Like I just, I was talking to Becca the other day, like I just, I had bought one sleeping pad and I was like, this really isn't what I want. And so I just exchanged it. And that time it mattered about weight. And so, but like, I mean, everybody loves their quilts and I love my sleeping bag. <laughs> I love being able to have a hood and zip myself in and yes. feel like I'm in a cocoon. Like yes. that's just a personal preference. And so for me, it was more of, I have all this experience with camping and some backpacking and hiking. And so it was, what is my personal preference? And then listening to what everybody says, but not necessarily taking it in and being able to make my own decisions too. And I think I dealt with that a lot too in the music world because it was like, you have to play this piece this way and this interpretation this way. And I kind of see that with hiking too, where it's like, everybody has their own opinion, but that doesn't mean that you have to follow everybody's opinion because everybody's going to have a different personal preference when they're out there on the trail. And so for me, it was, what's my preference? What's my comfort level? Where am I going to be truly calm and at peace? And how do I want to, how do I want to experience my life on the trail? And so that was kind of my vision of where am I going to be? So like I uh, have a Gossamer Gear Mariposa bag coming. Um, I had gotten the medium, but had to return it because I'm on like the edge of their sizes of small and medium. So I'm like done all this research. And then, you know, you still have to do the exchanges and the returns and trying and making sure everything works. And I just feel fortunate to have the time and the opportunity. I know a lot of people can't spend money and stuff like that on gear. And so for me, it was, okay, what gear do I have that's existing? Like I already had, um, a stove and a lot of the cookware and things like that. And so really it's just been, um, like the big three that I was kind of replacing the tent and the sleep system and my bag. Cause I have a great Osprey pack, but I mean, it's definitely the pack weighs four pounds. And that's mm -hmm. something that I want. Like, I want that big frame when I'm carrying dog food, but if I'm just going to be me out there, I don't know if I need that big of a frame. And so that was how I got into looking at Gossamer gear. And I was debating between Gossamer gear and granite gear. And I mean, who knows? I mean, I may go out and do this and come back and be like, this is not the bag I'm going to use for another through hike. And it could be, this is what I fell in. I fall, I fell in love with it and I'm going to use this. And so I think it's more of just what is your own vision of you, what you see and what your experience is going to be on that trail and follow that. It's like, it's kind of like the saying of follow your heart, but I say, follow what your, follow what your feet and your body say is going to be comfortable. So. And not only that, you have a hat and a Sawyer water filter and a Canuck water bag coming too, because if yes. people didn't know you, 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 you won the prize. It was funny because 
I had I wanted to get you on the show, and I was like, okay, eventually I'm gonna get her on the show. And then I did the whole thing, I put all the numbers into the little online program, and you won. And I'm like, well, I think this universe is telling me to ask her on. And then you announced her going on the Colorado Trail. I'm like, perfect, done. She's on the show, and she wins the stuff. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just like divine timing there. <laughs> So you're getting on the trail and you've never done a through hike before. You don't have a hike. You don't have a, uh, a, a hiking name yet. Do you? You don't have a trail name. No, I don't. I was actually at a friend's, uh, the other night for dinner and he, he used to be my saxophone teacher. And so we're, we, we were talking and he was just like, well, let me try and give you a trail name. And I was like, that's not how it works. <laughs> so, um, we'll see what happens, um, when I get out there. So real quick, though, because we have a lot of new hikers, could you explain, I don't even actually think I've done this, what is a trail name and how how does that work on the trail on a through hike? So, I mean, my understanding is that there's something that's either really silly that happens or there's something about your personality or something about who you are and like how you are on trail or out in town or something like that. And then that 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 word or phrase or something kind of embodies a part of who you are and then that becomes your trail name so that's my understanding of it Mm -hmm. um and that's just from talking to a couple different through hikers and watching different like blogs and reading blogs and things like that so and generally it happens on trail because i've had a lot of listeners who find out i don't have a trail name try to give me one and i'm like no it's happening (laughs) on my 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 hike the tahoe rim trail it's happening then i want to happen on the pct section of the tahoe rim trail that's when I will accept my trail name officially and then that, that, that's what's going to happen. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And like when I was at Girl Scout camp, the camp counselors all had like camp names and then they would give, they would tell us their real names at the end and um, of each session and that kind of thing. And, you know, I always wanted a camp name and so I never ended up getting a camp name. And so I, uh, I think this is going to be kind of almost like coming full circle for me whenever I get my trail name. So. Very cool. So. One of my last questions I have for you is really ultimately how has hiking changed you? Um, that's a really good question. So for me, hiking kind of just solidified more of this is me and that's all there is to it for me. Like I had gone through these ups and downs and some pretty big grief and like just like going through grief and experiencing all of that and finding that being out outside I could just take this like big deep breath and let it out and all the tension in my body would release and so when I started realizing hey I can get five miles in hey I can get 10 miles in wait, I can do a backpacking trip. I can go and climb however many thousands of feet of elevation. I can go to these remote places. I found that I was, I became more confident in myself and not confident in a cocky way, but confident in like, I love myself. And that's a big part of, I think, what really has happened in the last year for me, especially with hiking, was that I was able to go out and not necessarily like there's a mirror or anything, but just like look at the trees and say, I love that I can do this. I love myself for being strong enough to be out here. Um, And so hiking kind of just healed me in that way. And it also showed me that, you know, I mean, I was always told that I was a pretty humble person anyway, um, just kind of 
by nature and people always told me like oh you don't fit in and I think like you don't fit in here you don't fit in there because you fit everywhere or like you just kind of know how to to click with different people and so like I have friends from what I like to say all walks of life and so like I have hiking friends I have teacher friends I have musician friends um, and they're now all over the country um, one of my closest friends actually lives in North Carolina and I met her in undergrad and another friend of mine lives in Colorado and I mean we met in undergrad and I have a friend in Scotland and so what's cool is that hiking has continued to connect me with people who I didn't know necessarily but also people who have these really important roles in my life and just have a place and then I found my place and so even when I felt like oh I didn't fit in as a flute player or I didn't fit in quite the way I wanted to in this setting as a teacher. I always felt like no matter what, even if I didn't feel like I fit into the hiking community, there were always people out there who I could interact with and have a positive interaction with and just feel like I had a place because that trail is there to be appreciated and I'm out there to appreciate it and to learn everything that the mountains are gonna show me and teach me. And so I think for me, hiking just kind of healed me and gave me that sense of, I'm just here to soak in every opportunity that I absolutely have that I, that, that I can get and that's given to me with my short time on this earth. And so I think that's kind of what hiking just means to me and has given me and is, is just given me that opportunity. So. That's awesome. Justice, thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to follow your journey as you prepare for the Colorado Trail and as you go on Colorado Trail, where would they go? Um, so right now, the best place would be Instagram. Um, and so I guess it's, I think it's like a call to handle. I don't know. Um, it's at Mindful Syncopations. Um, and then hopefully, uh, as I start to get a little bit more put together with all this stuff, I'm hoping to... Uh, start opening up a YouTube channel and getting that stuff going. So I'm sure I'll post something about that at some point. But Instagram is probably like the best way to get a hold of me if somebody wants to chat or follow and see what's going on. So, Justice, thank you so much for coming on the Hiker Podcast and uh, happy trails as you get ready to go on the Colorado Trail. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andy, for having me. Thank you so much, Justice, for coming on the show. We're excited to see your journeys uh, on the Colorado Trail and all around New Mexico. Uh, thank you for just being so awesome and coming on the show. Y'all make sure you follow her on all the various social media networks. The links will be for the, the in for yeah, the links will be in the description of this episode. <laughs> Also, uh, again, thank you all so much. If you haven't listened to past episodes, they're all the archives are there. Go to hikerpodcast.com. You can listen to them all there. As well as uh, hikerpodcast.com, you can join the Patreon and help support the show that way. You can also help out by supporting our sponsors, CS Instant Coffee and Canuck Outdoors, two amazing companies that are doing amazing things in the outdoor community. I encourage you to uh, buy stuff from them. And tell your friends to buy stuff from them. Um, because uh, if we want to see amazing companies who sell amazing things be successful, even when it's hard sometimes, we have to support them. Even if it's easier just to go down to, you know, the store and get some, you know, Starbucks Via. Hey, let's go ahead and, 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 and get the get the CS Instant Coffee delivered. You know, when it's easy to get those cheaper trekking poles that you know aren't going to last as long, 
we'll go ahead and get the Kanak ones because you're making an investment not only in a, a smaller a smaller company, but in good quality, handmade in Portland, Oregon trekking poles uh, that will last you a lot longer. So with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow Justice on all the various social media networks. And thank you for listening to this week's episode. Oh, wait, wait, I do want to address something. Last week, I did the whole two episode thing. Yeah, it about killed me trying to keep up with that um so yeah this week there's just the one i'm even late this week i don't know if you've noticed next week we have uh francesca uh francesca Swineheimer on the show of hike oregon she just put out a book amazing book i have it i've read through it so that's next week it was going to be two this week one with uh one with justice one with um francesca but no that that's not gonna happen producing two in a week while having a family and doing other things it was just too much trying to work and make money anyways so with that said, look forward to next week's episode. And without, um, yeah, yeah, look forward to next week's episode. And thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Hiker Podcast. This is being lost, and may I never be found. I'm still alive.